This is the Nomad Futurist Podcast, a podcast about the evolution of technology, society, and transformation. Connect with us, share your thoughts with us at nomadfuturist.com. Let's get this started. Here are Phil and Nabil. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Nomad Futurist. This is your host, Nabil Mahmood from Kona, Hawaii. This is your co-host, Philip Koblenz from Montclair, New Jersey. And I'm Avner Papuchado. They told me to be here. I'm in the middle. I'm in Manhattan Beach, California. Avner, thank you very much for taking the time to join us today. Let's start to get to know you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I am uh, middle-aged data center uh, executive. I feel like this is a dating show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking for the wife I already have. (laughs) <laughs> or um, or a few of the kid girls I already have. Um, I run a data center company. I, um, I um, went to school for uh, music and uh, continued uh, buying opportunistic real estate. And from opportunistic real estate, I somehow fell into this thing called data centers. And I find myself in this uh, world right now. So how does that work? Like you, so you major in music. You're actually the second, I guess, third if you count. Well, we had a set of guests. We had twins, um, the the twins from Packet, who got acquired from Equinix, who, who had a musical background also. Um, how do you go from music to buying real estate? How does that happen? Uh, I, I I grew up in a in a real estate family, and I um, I I love music. I still do. I, uh, I played growing up. Uh, Kind of naturally went. Uh, I grew up in Israel. Uh, after I finished service in the army, I went uh, to New York and studied music, which was a lot of fun. Played around New York uh, for a while. Um, decided I love music, but I was a guitar player who couldn't sing. And um, I, I had uh, the opportunity to play with a lot of my heroes and do a lot of the things that. Uh, I wanted to do, but I I didn't really feel. I, I looked at at uh, at like the at the lifestyle, at what I would have if I would be as good as they were. And I'm not saying I'm good as they are. And the travel to different city every day and doing uh, this thing, and I, I I just wasn't sure I was gonna like it. I like music. I'm not sure. I would like the so life. You didn't. Around you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't necessarily have liked it as as a career where you'd have to be touring and all that. Right. I think I like it too much to make it a career. So what was the turning point? I mean, so you mentioned that music, real estate, data center. Tell us a little bit about how did you get involved in real estate? I mean, sounds like that you had your family in real estate. Yeah, I grew up around real estate. And when I finished music school, it was really a terrible time around U.S. real estate. It was... Uh, oh, just give us loan. the year. Just give us the year. It's fine. It, 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 what? It, 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 it was. Uh, it was ninety-two. Savings and loan debacle. Uh, I was in New York with Mayor uh, David Dickens. You could. I should have just stated. Dinkins. This is a PG Dinkins. show. Dinkins. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, passed away recently. Uh, you could have bought. I should. I could have bought anything in New York and done as well. Um, but somehow uh, I saw that apartments in Texas were cheap and 
couldn't get any cheaper. So I bought uh, as many as I could, borrowed and uh, whatever I could and bought apartments. And it turned out really well. So you went from, uh, you left, the, you, you, you didn't want to participate in what I guess would have been considered the family business. Moved to New York to become a musician, which I, I assume is every, every Jewish family's nightmare. Um, and, I don't know. Bernstein did pretty well. Yeah. Well, okay. Fine. One, 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 one. No, there's a, there's a long list. Of, uh, but he wasn't a guitarist. Whoever heard of right. a Jewish guitarist? Gene Simmons? Maybe. <laughs> um, all right. I so you moved. About Jewish guitarist. <laughs> right. There should be an Adam Sandler. There should be an Adam Sandler song about it. So yeah. you move to New York. You go to music school. You decide I don't want. I can't be a professional musician. And you decide you're going to get into the essentially the family business. Yeah, uh, but, except but here. They weren't here. Not here. The family. The family's in Israel. So what, what type of real estate did they invest in and how did that differ from, I mean, did it, was it aligned in any way? They did not, they uh, mostly developed and did hotels and, and really development. That was the first uh, generation to buy something that was already done mm-hmm. or conversion of, and so forth. And um, uh, so, so they started looking at the U.S. and I pretty much executed it for them. Um Got it done for them. I had. So you were uh, the U.S. You were the U.S. based Papachato. You're the U.S. I was the one. U.S. The based one, guy. The only uh, one with kids that can uh, run for president. Uh, no, cannot run for president. I'm no. uh, as guilty as Obama of being, you know. Okay, the kids. Born, your kids. Your kids. Yeah, a little more than Obama. Just a tiny bit. He's actually born here. But yeah. The kids could run for president. This is going to be the best. This is going to be the best podcast ever. Well, it absolutely does sound like it. I mean, it sounds like that I've got not one but two Joe Rogans on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So let's 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 step it further. So for folks that are listening, Abner is the chief executive officer of a company called Silver Farm Realty, basically in the data center space. So Abner, uh, from what we know about you, you've been in that space for about eleven years, real estate. For about uh, you know, 25 years or so, roughly, give or take. What was the turning point? How did you get involved in technology? So we bought these apartments in Texas, um, and and it 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 went really well. After a while, uh, we sold them because uh, I, I come from a place where they build uh, buildings from concrete. This was all made out of wood, and I just couldn't see wood lasting that long. Somebody gave me a lot of money for these wooden structures, so I decided to sell them. And I sat around this kind of thinking, what am I going to do when I grow old? And we've done a bunch of stuff. We've done, we built condos, uh, developed office building, did um, a bunch of net lease transactions. And I developed an office building and, and it was uh, right around the time of the deregulation, Telecom uh, Deregulation Act, when everybody became a CELAC, right? A competitive local exchange carrier. So is that 96? Right? That is around 96. Okay. You're a historian. You know, like your you dates is amazing. Yeah, come on. Um, Can't believe we've only made it four years. All right. Come on. All right. Fine. All right. So, <laughs> hey, it's a, no, uh, 96, we basically, uh, somebody built a CELEC in my, in my building. And they didn't ask for any uh, tenant improvement money. They just built the thing. And I looked at it and said, what is this? What are they is doing? Is that building Why? also in Texas? Yeah. Okay. My whole life was in Texas then, and I was bored. I should have guessed from the accent. What do I know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, built, built uh, so I looked at it. What are they doing? Why are they doing? What is this? Finally, I saw this, this thing called the internet coming around. I looked at it. I said, this could be a thing. You know, this internet thing may work. What? How is that working? Where are 
people doing it? What's going on? So, I, so I, I looked at another building uh, that was an old Levi's manufacturing uh, facility that seemed to have the right bones. It was a big building with, with a bunch of telecommunications next to it and so forth. And I bought the thing you know, uh, for 40 bucks a foot. And we got lucky and made a deal with AT&T for, you know, $10 a square foot. Um, and and they... So for those of you that think Avner just lost $30 a foot, he bought the building for $40 a foot entirely. And then he leased it to $10 a foot as, as a recurring number. So right. he would get that over and over again. Yeah, yeah. So I... I uh, Leased it to AT&T, and then we did an, uh, another four or five of these around the country, uh, which was then AT&T Wireless, uh, which later on became singular, and then AT&T Wireless again was sold, but everything stayed the same, just a bunch of bankers in New York made a bunch of money. What are you pointing to me for? I'm not a banker. Well, I, I mean, you're to still, be adjacent to New York. Yeah, you're yeah. still charging 10 bucks which, a square foot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so actually, so that building uh, was was really the first uh, building that we built, bought as a data center, and um, and, um, and 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 leased it out as a shell. And we looked at it, and uh, we decided it could be a really interesting uh, business. But then there was a mall in um, in in uh, Texas that. Um, all of us that knew it wouldn't spend a hundred dollars a foot for it. We knew it was going bad. It was a bad building. And uh, one day, uh, a big uh, investment firm uh, called Whitehall out of New York came and bought the thing for two hundred bucks a foot. That was that was around ninety nine, and they put a big sign on it that said data center. I looked at it and I basically said, that's it. The, the, the business is gone. These people are crazy. It's, the, there's no way this is worth this. And I told my guys, that's it. We're not buying anything empty. Just, let's just look at this business for a while. And then um, the telecom crash came. The, that, that bomb happened. And um, it went from the future of the world. Everything's going to be digital. Everything's going to be great. Uh, Technology is going to be everything. To every company was had dot com at the end, just like uh, there were mortars at the beginning of the century before. Yep, back uh, to uh, it's going to be back to uh, back to two phones and two cups in a string. Back to uh, back to rotary phones. The internet right. was no, not going to work. No everybody gonna... thought it was it was terrible. It doesn't it doesn't work anymore? That would, that's when we started going on a on a buying spree for me, and and bought a lot of telecom buildings with with short uh, life on it, with short uh, you know three year two year lease remaining, knowing that the customers can't can't really leave. And there's a there's a conversation there. Uh, so we've done that through the beginning of the two thousands. I think if you talk about like people that have been unbelievably successful in, in, in our space and really any industry, it's those that tend to kind of double down and triple down during these time periods of volatility. You know, you could point to 92, you could point to 2008, you could point to, you know, back in the 70s when New York was going to, you know, uh, uh, be, be, be given up. It, I mean, it bred. Okay, you can talk, you can talk, you can talk to 2021 when New York was going right, to be exactly, Right, exactly. Well, that was. I mean, it was so short-lived that you know it was, it's be, still there. Yeah, all right, let's hope. Let's hope. I, I assume Abner is going to pick up all the uh, all the buildings in Midtown that'll be empty as a as a consequence of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to New York again, ever. <laughs> it's it's not going to you know. 
In the meantime, every one of your buildings was financed out of New York. I heard Whitehall. I heard some other guys from New York. My God, everybody needs to be in New York. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, by the way, that's a that's a part of it. I, for a long time, held that belief that, that value investing and investing in things out of uh, out of touch was the thing. I, I actually don't don't still hold that belief. I, I think I have it. it Investing and in growing companies and looking uh, at, at business really has to do with your view of the world, right? I mean, if your view of the world is is to find this this one rock nobody now knows is valuable, knowing that one day it's going to become a, a diamond, it can get pretty heavy. You can have a, you can end up with a lot of rocks. Um, it it's easier to figure out where the world is going to be, where the momentum is, and actually jump on it a little later and, and understand that some momentum, that even though it's expensive, uh, it's going to keep going. I have a problem myself believing the trends are going to keep going. You know, I always think the things are going to end. I always, I, always, uh, I always think of Niagara Falls, right? The water has got to end one time. It keeps falling. How, how, what are the, the water has to end. There's got to be an end to this. Um, what a pessimist. My God, this is taking But there hasn't there. been an end. Right. And well, I, look, I think, I, I think two things. One, if you had to say what, what caused you to buy those buildings, was it because after the dot-com burst, there were these opportunities and at that time you believed in opportunistic investing and, you know, these things were being just given away because everything was distressed and you bought it? Or did you buy those because you believed that technology was the future and that there was going to be this, you know, possible use case? Or did you just get lucky? I believe both. And the third one is true as well. Uh, I, I believed that the building were a good value. I believed in the business and I got lucky many, many times. You know, if, 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 uh, you know, if somebody would, uh, if, if I could trade, uh, brains for luck, I would do it every day of the week. Um, there was a program, a government program, <laughs> like, like the gun uh, giveaway. <laughs> Well, that's I, I am joining that program. Uh, I think it's in Ireland. I think only in Ireland because they have those four leaf clovers. I think that's the only place. Yeah. Well, that makes you a very smart and intelligent businessman. The question that I have for you is, I mean, technology, it's, it's kind of like out there, particularly for somebody that's an investor that's not from the space. What was that turning point? I mean, how, how did you decide to take that massive risk for not knowing the intricacies and the complexities of the data center marketplace? First of all, the intricacies were just getting built. And by the way, they still are getting built. We are at a very, very young business. Uh, this business is, is one, of the, one of the reasons I'm still here is because data centers are one of the most inefficient businesses uh, that exists in real estate. It's one of the most inefficient real estate that exists. It's the only real estate I know that's being run at, uh, at 30% of capacity that people don't know how much space to order. They don't know what to do. It's, a, it's, it's, it's something that nobody really wants. They all need. It's at the bottom of all these things that, you know, people want to run applications. People want to run companies that run uh, on with technology, with the help of technology. They really don't want to run data centers. Um, and, and, you know, now there's, uh, there's cloud and that 
whole scenario, which which kind of happened before. And I see a lot of those companies. They're well, they're very you know they're very smart and they're trying to standardize and commoditize things. It's going to be very difficult to do. Uh, and and I am I am very intrigued by this by this inefficiency making this industry as efficient as possible. And even though there's huge investments in data centers, when you look at data centers, the data center cost compared to the IT stack that sits in it, compared to all the compute computers and routers and fiber and things that sit in it, it's minute. It's nothing. I mean, people fought, fight us about, you know, dollars per KW, and then they use 30% of it and they make, they make mistakes. They're, they're inefficient throughout the whole program. If we can bring efficiency to it and help them be efficient, this is an unbelievable business. The run so, rate is crazy. So, so that's what's so that's what's amazing. I think when people have come on our podcast before and discussed efficiency within a data center, they're typically talking about you know how many kW does it take to cool a, a particular kW of you know active production load. When you talk about capacity within a data center, you're talking about it from the fundamental you know real estate point of view. Like how much of your world are you actually using to do the work that that you need to do? And I think that, you know, there's that that's what makes you utterly unique in our world because you're kind of this, you know, real estate tycoon, like version three. Um, But you're you're you look at the real estate world from this kind of operational perspective. Um, Most people that own real estate would be happy that you know their tenants are only using 30% of the space because they're contracted for more of it. Right. So, you know, what is it about making the space more efficient, making the utilization more efficient um, that you think is is the future as opposed to the traditional real estate view is just sell the building and collect the money. Because I think, look, at, at the end of the day, my job as a service provider, and we're service providers, I'm providing a service to my client, is to provide the best service possible and and to and 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 make and give them really what is a, a solution to their problem, which is a big headache in the physical part of IT. When you run IT, you usually think in in time periods that are two, three years application uh, time frame and so forth, you really can think about 10 years and 15 years, which the capital items, which we work in, really work in, work at the, uh, the time frames, actually 25 years and so forth. And my job is to make the physical as easy as possible for them. And if I can make the physical very, very easy for them and take that problem away, they will never let me go because it will not be a problem. I will not be a guy trying to sell them stuff that doesn't work. I will sell them things that work. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to make this pitch sound dirty, but you want to take over the physical in order to make yourself more sticky. Is that what you're saying? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trying to use the, the, the physical to actually lubricate their business to make it smoother. <laughs> I, knew, I knew it was going to get worse. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, I'll reel it in. Abner, what I'm getting out of this conversation is that you believe that it's our responsibility to make this world a better place, to address the digital transformation, the technology adoption, whilst addressing carbon footprint and efficiencies. Is that fair? Is that around the lines of what? It's 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 exactly it's exactly right. I think 
I think there's, there's, I think the world needs the world needs compute. Compute is is a is a very new industry. The world does not yet know how it's going to use compute and how to use it efficiently. Uh, there's there's a couple of things. My job, um, our company's job, is to is to look at the physical side of all this, and make the physical as as sustainable and 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 used to to the highest degree possible in in order to to serve this. And with that, I'm talking. You know, as you see, compute now is is exists like in in. Um, it basically spokes and hubs. You know, there's, there's these big places that sit in the middle of nowhere, really, and more and more it's going to become around around energy sources and sustainable energy sources of that. The big data centers are not going to become a real estate problem. They're a power problem, right? It's it, They're going to be around big energy sources that are sustainable to do the big non-latency compute. And then there's the latency compute, that needs to be in inner cities, close to people, well-connected, um, uh, critical infrastructure that will have people's life hanging on, to, on at the end of it. Um, and, and all of this has to do, has to have really smart real estate operators that understand technology and can really translate between the technology people and the real estate people. And the physical things, and that's my, that's where we see ourselves at the end of the day to be a translation layer between the physical and the people that run applications. Yeah, I mean, it totally does make sense, right? So your analogy about Niagara Falls, the water is going to potentially end at some point in time. I think the bigger issue that really resides the energy resource is potentially going to end at some point in time before we run out of water. Um, you you touched on a couple of things over here, latency and getting close to the user base, right? So as Today, as of today, where you stand with, within your organization, you touched briefly on connected devices. You touched on edge computing and five G and whatnot. Uh, what's what's your future goals? I mean, how are you looking at the industry on a growing basis? I mean, where where are opportunities that uh, the listeners and the subscribers of the Nomad Futurist podcast should potentially look into or invest some time into? Depends. Uh, that's a. The, uh, Depends who the listeners are. First of all, it's it's a it's a great uh, it, it's a great business that has a lot of uh, a, a lot of opportunity in it. Uh, if you're a person, it's funny. I um, I met. Uh, I I also fly airplanes. I have a plane. I fly I fly plane, and I flew with a young pilot uh, the other day. That basically was a uh, was a. Uh, an engineer. Uh, uh, he was an aero. Uh, um, he was an aeronautics engineer that decided to be a pilot because he liked the office, right? He liked the cockpit because it has good views, and didn't want to do spreadsheets all day long. Seems like a relevant uh, excuse for a relevant uh, pastime for an aeronautics engineer to be in a cockpit. Yeah, yeah, and and he said he, he likes it better. And it's funny because. Um, Life of pilots, it's 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 a lot like the life of of a musician. You know, it's 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 attractive at once. You think I'll travel a lot, I'll see different places, but then you you start after a while to forget the places you've been to. You call you know you call uh, cities by wrong names. Yeah, uh, you know. Um, well, I'll and, give you I'll give you a personal example. I mean, uh, I've been to 106 <laughs> countries throughout my life, and I can tell you airport codes. But I can't tell you the name of the city, so it's <laughs> yeah, all so, relatable. Yeah, so it, so it's that um, 
it's it, it's that kind of um, it's that kind of world. I think that people like that, a lot of people that come out of aviation school and, so, and, and that get jaded about about their work. Uh, data center world is very good for them. You know, it's very methodical. It's the same kind of discipline, the same kind of, of you know, checklist uh, working, being very being very precise and you get to go home every day and you get to 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 stay in in similar places and if you decide you want to get entrepreneurial it doesn't end it's going to keep going um so and it's a very very young industry it's like going into the you know automotive industry in in the in the 40s that's kind of where we are for, for anyone that's uh, for anyone that thinks that people that run data centers are just you know geeky or old fuddy duddies or whatever, we now have a real estate mogul pilot guitarist uh, that runs Server Farm Realty. So I think that you know that you pretty much checked every cool box there is, right? You're a damn pilot. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of uh, the in uh, and Nabil. What, so what do you do in Hawaii? Why did you move to Hawaii? What's what's in Hawaii? Well, there's a full podcast for that. We're gonna turn. We're gonna turn. We're gonna turn this podcast around. Nabil, answer the <laughs> question. Uh, there's a full podcast for that. But the idea behind moving to Hawaii was to regain life and an opportunity to relive again. And it's an opportunity for me to redefine my life and potentially help and pass on anything good that I've done or accomplished in my life to the next generation and be a change agent and be the voice and embrace that voice. Do you uh, do surf? Uh, not a server, a certified uh, rescue diver, however. So I, I, I dive and uh, flying planes is actually on the list. Hopefully one of these days. Oh my God, you guys are nuts. Um, Very cool. I, I surf as well. That's why. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. I forgot one checkbox. Yeah. Uh, are you a snowboarder? Uh, if it's powder. You're so cool. You should have long hair. That's the only thing you're missing. You should have any hair. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. preaching to the choir. <laughs> So, you know, what, what's 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 interesting is that, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, technology from the standpoint of, you know, you were exposed to it through all these things. Do you have have you always had an interest in in technology or did it just evolve from from all of these, you know, the, the exposure through buying the buildings and getting involved in telecom and, and kind of the natural evolution of having to use technology in your everyday life? I, I wasn't one of the Apple II uh, people at my uh, high school. So I wasn't one of those guys. Uh, were you? Um, I mean, I don't know if I'd say I was. I was more of an Apple II GS person. But I'm, 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 I'm a little younger than you. So yeah, yeah. Okay. I so, probably yeah. was. So, I probably was the kid that you beat up. I'm sure. There's no question. I, I did not. I still beat the kid kids. you beat up. I did not beat up kids. I was actually the. I, I did not. <laughs> I, I was. I was actually pretty nice as a kid. Um, Wait until you're an adult. Terrifying. <laughs> the guy is terrifying. Yeah, no, I actually try to beat up uh, the, the, the I'm, I'm more of a, I have the Robin Hood uh, point of view most of the time. You know, I, I beat up on, I, uh, on institutions mostly. So not, so not, techno- not, not a technology kid growing up or, or not a technology as far as, as programming. And as far as that, I, I, I do like uh, technology as far as engineering, as far as, as, as big, big picture infrastructure, which we're in. Um, I don't see myself ever being, you know, a software. We develop software in the company. We use it and so forth. Um, 
you know, uh, I let I let the customers do the very complicated things, right? The 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 actual going behind the servers, doing all the AI and that kind of thing, trying to compete with our brains and and be smarter than the human beings. I guess it's their job. I, I'm willing to give them a fight a fight for their money. It's too uh, it's too hot back there anyway. You don't want to go behind the servers. It's always better in front of the servers. Yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, but I have to tell you that there's. There's a ton of opportunity in 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 this business, as I see the world. Right, so Serifarm works in in the U.S., Canada, Europe, and now we're we're in the Middle East. We're we're in Israel. I'm actually going back there um, again next week. And for seeing, full 360 degrees, it's back to where it started. I have to tell you, I mean, Virgin Land. It's it's unbelievable. This place that's that's uh, that is producing so much uh, technology to the world so much of the main co- name a main company in 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 this industry and they have development in Israel you know yeah. it's like um in uh, in major development and, and it's a small country it's not uh, india that has billions of people so there must be some brilliant guys at the top you know the the the, the amount to percolate to the top comes from very little we had a uh, we had a guest on the on the podcast uh, 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 a few episodes ago. Uh, this guy named Yuval Bahar. You know, one of the questions I asked him is, and and I'll ask you the same thing. Why do you think there's so much of that innovation coming out of Israel? What is it about you know the Israeli culture or or education system or or what have you that that creates the minds that create so much of the disruptive technology? That, uh, that we use in our daily lives without taking, you know, of course you take the credit for it, you know, you get swallowed up by Google, et cetera, you make a lot of money on it, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't host it there because, you know, effectively the customers uh, are all here. So that's, that's likely why it ends up being hosted here. But uh, what, what is it about Israel? Um, first of all, I think, I think, I think it's about, it's, 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 it's the whole world. It's not the Israelis are unique. It's just that, uh, Jews have, have been literate for a long time, uh, is, is, is really a big part of it. I mean, they've been literate for a long time and they sat in rooms studying Bible, reading Bible and studying it for a long time. And after a while they got bored reading Bible. So they started arguing about it. They started saying, what does this mean? And the, the, the paper said the color was white. So they said it means the color was white. It said, no, no, no. If they wanted to say the color was white, they wouldn't just say the color was right. If it said it that clearly, it probably means something else. It probably means the color should have been blue, but it's white because something else is wrong. And because of that, they learned to argue. And... and Jews and Israelis are some of the most argumentative people in the world, and it's hard to tell them that something is some a certain way. They would always try to prove why you're wrong and why it must be another way. And that way of thought actually creates a lot of entrepreneurship. I think it's a curiosity and always trying to figure out what, 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 why are you saying what you're saying and what do you really mean by what right. you said. All right, great. And especially well, I, when, especially when you give them a price to go, they, they, you know. <laughs> we could do a stand-up routine on on the anatomy of uh, of a Jew or an Israeli. I don't think it matters. I think it's one and the same in terms of this conversation. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so your family buys uh, real estate, hotels. You know, they like people as as tenants. 
you came out here and ended up in a situation where you buy these buildings and you don't want people as customers or tenants. You want computers as customers and tenants. What does the other part of the um, the, the Papachato family think of um, the the, uh, the the server arm of the uh, of the empire? Basic. The basic thought is: show me the money. <laughs> <laughs> So they haven't bought what, into what the premise. You, what have you done for me lately, baby? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I see your family is like everybody else's family. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're all we get we get along. It, it it's it's very well. I think it's very well balanced actually between 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 the two. At the end of the day, you know, computers don't love you. It's all people. It's a people business. We serve people. I I I provide services to people. I try to make life easy for people. That's why they would call on me again. Um, and, and we try to do, we, we always, we wake up every day thinking, how can we, and, and a lot of it is very, is very, uh, delicate because my customer thinks they're the smartest people on earth. And if I see how, sometimes if I see something they can do better, it takes me years to explain that to them. Uh, and, and a lot of time they, they get, you know, it's very easy to offend the guy when you say, Hey, did you ever try to do it this way? You know, um, so th that's my job. My job is to actually change things for the better, to be the best operator they have, to have them come back. And it's taken a while. It's, it's, uh, I think it's, it's finally starting to catch in some places. And once it does, we, we will, our job will be to never let it go, to make it sure we perform. You had mentioned internet could be a thing. Well, it is a thing. How has this journey been for you? both personally and uh, helping other people. It's hard to talk about the internet in, in, in past tense. It's, it's very present and it's the beginning. Uh, I still think it's going to be a thing. Hopefully it's going to become uh, a better thing. You know, hopefully uh, it's going to become uh, a, a thing that uh, lives to its, to its potential of making us smarter and making us uh, have more points of views and not just land in, in our own little, uh, you know, areas of, um, of interest and, and get people a more narrower point of view. It was built around giving people opportunities. I hope it doesn't take away opportunities, right? Um, which is, which is a scary part, but that's, that's little nuances. The, the big piece about, about the internet to me is that it's just the beginning. I mean, now we have, you know, kind of bad quality video. We're on Zoom right now. You guys are going to be this sitting in my good. living room. This is as good as I look. So there is yeah. no better quality. No, you're going to be sitting in my living room here in, in, you know, in a couple of years. It's going to be, you know, an actual sit down where it feels real. I mean, it, it'll be able to do. The infrastructure is not there yet. You see some of that stuff there now. You saw the uh, like Oprah interviewed Obama, oh, yeah. and right, and they were across the. But it looked like they were sitting in the same room, but they were like in uh, like across the across the country. Yeah, yeah. So Oprah does it. It's it, technology can do it. Everyone's going to be Oprah. Gonna, Everyone's going to be Oprah. I guess that's the uh, developers. Developers, and she does it from Hawaii too. She's she's learned. She's one of the smart people. Um, she. she uh, Whenever you give developers power, they will use it. Our job is to provide them the power. Part of this industry's job is to provide them the power to make them creative. Yeah, we're the canvas. What I would like you to share briefly is 
what would you do or what advice would you give the young Avner knowing what you know today and based on your trials and tribulations, what would you do different? I, I think, I think um, people has, have to let life happen to them. I think, I think most of them know it. I think, let me, let me phrase it um, a different way. I, I was lucky. I, I grew up with, uh, with a pretty broad point of view. I think that if I can spend, uh, I can give young people any gift at all would be a point of view. Would be a feeling that that they can can rise around everyday humanity, and they really could do anything. They could could go around and and are able to really do the things they want to do. You know, they could live in Hawaii, and and uh, and and if they're interesting enough and start podcasts that people want to listen to, they can uh, they can buy and sell real estate based on on an, an idea that there's more value in it than they see. They can be a banker in New York that really does nothing but shuffle paper around and connect people that need money to people that that have money. I, so, I think you lost a couple of your bankers. Um, sorry, 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 guys. I, I, I tell them that daily. I mean, they're tolls. Uh, so, I mean, there's really options in life and people do it and people are not better than you. And, and there's, there's a way to, to get things done. So I would love to give people uh, this idea that there is something greater and the something greater is not the, you know, the, the pretty girl with a bunch of uh, Photoshop pretty girl on Instagram. It's really the possibilities to, to be able to fulfill your soul. It exists. What do you think the biggest limitation is for, for the younger generation? Do you think it's fear? Do you think it's lack of imagination? Do you think it's, it's just, you know, boredom or complacency? Um, what is it? I actually, I actually think, I, I actually think that, that a lot of them, I, I think the biggest challenge is that they think uh, that images are real right now because there's a lot of images-based things. But I think the smart guys will see through it, and and I think they're going to be better than us. I actually do think that the younger generation is going to be better than we are. You know, we, I'm, I'm, me and you, Phil, are a little bit in a in a weird generation. We're, we're not quite baby boomers. We're kind of in between. The baby boomers were a lot like this generation. They fought the the system, this and that, and now they all vote Republican. Who the hell knows? I mean, it's hard to predict. I'm going to try to see if the, uh, if the audience can tell what Avner's politics are by the end of this thing. I think this is a perfect place to wrap it up because we started the conversation with Niagara Falls is going to run out of water. And we ended the conversation with. No, by the way, the next by the generation way, is going to be way I better think than you us. I missed that point. I, it's not going to run out of water. A guy like me thinks it may, but it will not. So sometimes supply is endless. I mean, for our lives. Oh my God. I should introduce you to Abner from like 45 minutes ago. You would love that guy. <laughs> Abner, thank you very much for taking the time to join us today. This has been phenomenal. Really enjoyed to get to know you. Any last words of advice to the younger folks that uh, are listening to this podcast? Or the baby boomers like myself. I think I think it's getting better. I think, uh, I, I truly think that uh, opportunities in this world is getting better. I see many places where this this whole thing is very young. And, and it's funny, you all, every time you think you saw the last thing and, you know, nobody's going to ever be as big as Microsoft and Amazon and that's it. We've, we've met the giant that's going to eat the world. 
if that happens, look up IBM and AT&T. Right. You know, and, you know, it's a, one, it's, thing, it, one thing I can bet on is change. Um, I think that's why people should be students of history, right? I mean, if you if you if you think that um, you know the 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 world is finite and this is this is the construct of the world, look at the world five years ago, ten years ago, fifteen years ago. You would have never guessed that right now in New Jersey we have these cicadas emerging. You know, the Brood X cicadas all over the country. They're talking about these seventeen-year cicadas that are coming out that have been buried underground for seventeen years. If you if I did a podcast with one of those cicadas, uh, I'm not losing my mind. But if I did a podcast with one of those cicadas, they have no idea what an iPhone is. They have no idea, like all of these things that have happened in the last, you know, 15, 17 years are earth shattering that we take for granted now. But, you know, it's it's a blip. It's no time at all. It'll change. Um, anyway, thanks so much for doing this. Um, I assume we now have a lifelong fan in the Nomad Futures podcast, and we'll be at the top of uh, your your you know podcast listening to the extent that it happens. And uh, what can I tell you? Thank you. It, it will happen. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it, guys. It was fun. Right. This has been great. Nothing lasts forever. Markets will come back. Currencies will rebound. Businesses will go on. And we'll all move on. That could happen next week, next month, or next year. I'm confident that those who prepare rather than panic will come out of this stronger. Thank you for joining us. This has been brought to you by Nomad Futurist. Check us online at nomadfuturist.com.